Welcome to the Farmer's Beat. This week, we have a guest episode by our friends at California Certified Organic Farmers Foundation, or CCOF Foundation. Thanks for tuning in, and now let's hear the story they have to share this week. Welcome to Radio Organic, the podcast dedicated to unearthing inspired ideas in organic food and agriculture. We bring professionals from the field together for real-life discussions about the practical techniques to help your business thrive. Brought to you by CCOF, Radio Organic is the conversation about today's organic world. Hi, my name's Jamie Collins. I'm an organic farmer, marketing consultant, and the host of today's podcast. This is episode three of a four-part series on direct marketing strategies for organic farmers, part of the CCOF's Foundation's Organic Training Institute. You can find more episodes and resources at ccof.org forward slash OTI. Today, we're speaking with Patricia Rodriguez of Rodriguez Farms. Patricia and her husband, Rosario, farm organic strawberries, raspberries, and blackberries on 120 acres split between Watsonville and Casterville in the Monterey Bay region of California. Steadfast vendors of the San Francisco Bay Area farmers market scene, they sell at more than 50 markets a week at the height of their season. The couple started farming in 1991 with three acres of strawberries, and by 2004, they certified their farm organic due to the customer's demands. Today, we'll hear how Rodriguez Farm utilized organic as a strategy to strengthen their marketing at farmers markets, as well as explore the marketing techniques they've used to maintain a strong farmers market customer base for 30 years. Patricia, thanks so much for joining us at Radio Organic. It's really great to have you with us today. I'm familiar with your berries from the farmer's market, and I know they're just very delicious. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Very happy to join you today. Great. Um, So I know today we're going to talk about how you converted to organic due to customer demand. Can you tell us a little more about how that came about, please? Yes, we started in 1991. And, you know, back then, people, I feel, didn't have a lot of information or know a lot about, or you know, differences between organic, conventional um, products. And getting, you know, close to the 2000 year, uh, more and more people would ask. And my husband and I, you know, had been farmers and working in farms for many years and we weren't familiar with it either so just slowly you know as you know it started becoming almost like a trend and people wanted to buy organic um, you know we had established a customer base and every season it seemed like more and more they were not only asking but more like you know just demanding or telling us you know we really want to buy organic especially you know us with strawberries they're one of the fruits that are considered to maybe retain more of the chemicals or, you know, whatever you use that's not organic. So they were very concerned. And it came to the point where they said, you know, if you don't have organic, then, you know, we're not going to be buying from you anymore. We're going to, you know, look for organic berries. So to us, that was the signal that, okay, either we start looking into this and grow organic, or it looks like, you know, we're going to lose our business. We were not going to be able to, you know, sell berries to our customers anymore. Yeah, I know that people are very concerned about um, chemicals on their food, especially with berries. So what was the transition process like for you and how long did it take you to transition all of your ground? The transition was difficult because um, we were both working long hours 
And it was just hard to find the time to do research or find where to start doing this transition. So it took us, you know, a while because we did it in, you know, baby steps. And then once we um, started with the process, we really didn't know how to do this. So it took years, you know, I want to say at least five years for us to just try and test different organic products. And for the most part, they weren't working. So I want to say that, um, you know, those first five years into the transition, our berries were not the quality or the flavor we wanted them to be. And it took us 10 years total time to transition all of the ground. So what we would do is that, you know, we rotate. So the crop that we were rotating, we wouldn't use any chemicals on it. And we waited the three years. So overall, it was a long transition. It was difficult. And halfway through, we felt like we might not go on with it just because it wasn't working for us. You know, we weren't producing the quality. We weren't producing, um, you know, the amount of berries we needed to make a profit. So we almost gave up half ways, but then we just felt we had already invested so much that we keep going a little bit longer. And I think that's when, you know, we started doing better. And then everything kind of turned where we finally knew what we were doing and just everything um, got better. And then that made us, you know, just keep going until, you know, we made it work. Okay, great. Um, I guess I'm curious too, did you use a organic consultants to help you transition? No, we didn't. And, you know, that's something that I know that at the time we didn't know we could do that. And now, you know, there's so many resources and I'm happy to see. But unfortunately, I, again, I think it was on our end, not taking the time, just being so busy at the farm and not looking or reaching out, you know, to see what resources we had. Right. Um, so also, I, I mean, what were the benefits too for the during the transition process? Um, was it all difficult or were there some benefits to that you noticed transitioning to organic? Well, I think most of it was difficult and expensive just because we needed, you know, we needed to make sure we cleaned equipment. So we realized that it was easier to buy separate equipment so we wouldn't be, um, you know, contaminating so I think on our end, just because we didn't, you know, reach out or have a lot of um, help with the transition, it was difficult financially in the farming part. But then on the sales part, it was a benefit because when our customers started seeing and we started talking about them, you know, we're doing this transition, they stayed with us. And that really helped, you know, having the sales and having our, you know, that customer base, you know, keep buying from us that really helped us you know get through okay so i'm curious what rotation system um, did you figure out worked well for your organic strawberries and did you include in vegetables in your rotation or what was your rotation um we have tried vegetables and different things but um up until now my husband's a farmer <laughs> um but he feels that um the fava bean or now um, the barley is what he uses for rotation. What he found is that some of the vegetables or some other um, rotation crops take or make changes in the soil or leave, you know, certain residue that is not beneficial for strawberries. So the strawberries are different than other crops that um, require a rotation. And I guess in a sense, you know, more delicate where some other crops that you may use may um, not be a benefit for strawberries. 
Um, that's really interesting. I know that a lot of uh, organic strawberry producers, they rotate with um, with vegetable growers and often sublease their land to keep their costs down. Um, so how did you, can you speak to the profitability of your farming system if you're not rotating with vegetables and you're cover cropping between your berry crops? Well, I know on our end, I think since the beginning, because we got used to it, that, you know, it was expensive for us and for the beginning part of it, we weren't making a profit. So I think that helped us really learn how to make the best or use the best out of the profit that we do get in terms of investing more. Where in this situation, for example, if we had grew bare, um, vegetables or rotated with a vegetable grower, that might give us income. But then if it's going to hurt the quality of the berry, then we find that it's at the end, you know, it's not a benefit to us. So it's better for us to maybe not make enough money and leasing, you know, the land to someone else or producing something that's going to make money. But then um, for us, it's more important, you know, to have the the quality of the soil, which in you know turn will make, you know, a better quality berry for us. I'm, I'm also curious too, maybe um, because you sell a lot of your strawberries um, direct at farmer's markets, and less to wholesale, do you think that that made it a little easier for you to, to recoup the costs? Yes, definitely. That's that's a huge difference because when you have a broker or when you, you know, sell through someone else, the profit is always going to be a lot less. So for us, fortunately, we're able to do this, you know, because of the direct marketing. So it does sound like your customers stood by you during the transition to organic. And um, But how did you keep your customers while you're going through the trials of growing a good tasting berry. Yeah, that's something, you know, we're always, we've always been thankful and we always built to the customers because a lot of times, you know, for many years, we didn't like the product and they still bought it just because, you know, they were faithful to that. Okay. You know, you're trying your best. And obviously, you know, we lost some customers, but we enough stayed to help us, you know, get through this period of transition. I'm sure they still tasted really good, but I'm, I know as a farmer and I'm a farmer too, that I'm really picky about the flavor and the way things are and how it comes off, but I'm sure they still tasted really good. So Patricia, what draws your customers to buy your berries? Um, well, overall, I think it's the quality, the flavor of the berry and that it has a good shelf life because of the quality. And then during these 30 years, you know, we've really established a a relationship with our customers. So I think a lot of them, you know, like to support family farms, especially when they get to know you as a family. So I know increased production costs are one common concern of farmers looking to transition to organic. So how did the benefits of organic certification and production outweigh the costs for you? Um, Well, again, I think it comes back to what I just mentioned that, for example, sometimes when you cut corners or you try to make more money, but if at the end that's going to hurt, you know, the quality of your product, then when you're out there competing, you know, you're familiar with farmers markets and, you know, we're not the only berry people out there. So, you know, people, you know, try samples or, you know, they um, buy from different growers. And that's what um, makes the difference that um, if you don't get corners and at the end get the quality that you are looking for, then that's what's going to make the difference, you know, when you take them out, you know, for direct marketing, where people are going to taste the difference. And also, it makes a difference in the shelf life of the product as well. So the shelf life, so how much longer do you think an organic berry, you know, lasts compared to a conventional berry? 
I want to say at least three or four more days um, for organic berries. I store them myself and they'll be fresh for a week. Where with a conventional after three, four days, you know, you start noticing they start becoming watery or molding. That's interesting. So I know that transitioning to organic has helped you run a successful farm for 30 years or more and um, also keep your uh, strong customer base and a market presence. So what changes at the farmer's markets have you seen over the years since you've been there so long? Um, What I see is that more and more farmers are learning how to grow organic well. So there's more competition. There's more people out there with quality fruit. So it just makes us really every year look for the best products and just do more research into, you know, what we can do to improve or, you know, stay on top of, you know, producing the best berry we can. So that being said, what changes have you made to maintain and increase your sales, um, you know, as you've learned and researched? Well, what we've done is we've changed our irrigation process. And then we um, learned that, um, you know, nitrogen is very important. We've added more nitrogen. You know, every year, you know, there's more research and there's more information for us, like from our PCA that, you know, help us improve, you know, what we're doing. Well, it's really great to see how far you've come. And um, where do you see your farm going in the future? Um, Well, I think uh, what I see is that we're just going to continue doing what we have so far because it's worked. And um, like I say, it's just like not cutting corners and doing the best we can, you know, for our soil, which in turn is going to, you know, produce the best quality berry that we can have. And that's just by learning and continuing to just do the research and follow the PCA recommendations with new things that come up every year and trying it because not everything works. Sometimes, you know, we're told, oh, this is better and we try it and it's not. So I think just continuing to work with the soil and testing everything and then going by that to make sure that we make the right choices, you know, for what we're doing. Well, to wrap things up, what advice can you give new organic farmers that are starting out today? Well, I think my advice would be is that something I would do different is to go out to the different certifier organizations and just the different um, resources that are out there because there's a lot more. And, you know, there's so much now where you don't have to struggle as much as we did. And I, and I guess overall, you know, to if you're doing this, then, you know, to do it right in terms of, you know, taking care of the soil and doing the best you can, because that's what's going to make the difference when you're out there with your product and people taste it, you know, that it'll be different and it'll be better. Um, that being said, do you have any recommendations or specific resources to support transitioning organic farmers? Um, I know there's loans. I know that now um, that was something that was difficult for us. We didn't qualify or we didn't know of loans that we could get. There's grants and the different organic certifiers have a lot of resources as well to guide you or, you know, take you step by step through, you know, many different things that, that are needed to start. Well, that's great. So interesting to talk to you today. And I really appreciate your time, Patricia. Thank you so much for being with us. Oh, thank you for having me. All right. Have a good day. Thank you. You do as well. Thank you for listening to Radio Organic and special thanks to Community Alliance with Family Farmers and the Farmers Beat for helping us kick off this pilot series. Join us next time for a conversation with Bertha Magana of Magana Farm and Tanya Zuniga 
of Kitchen Table Advisors to discover how selling directly to consumers strengthened Magana's farm business and community. If you have suggestions for future episodes, follow the feedback link in the podcast description or email ccoffoundation at ccof.org. Radio Organic is a production of the CCOF Foundation. Guided by the wisdom of its farming roots, the CCOF Foundation unites the organic community to advance organic agriculture, offering intentional education, financial support, and growth opportunities for organic professionals. Learn more at ccof.org forward slash foundation.